Do they need to inspire people? Do they need to review people? Do they need to understand skill sets? But what we seem to miss a lot of the time is a good leader needs to be compassionate first. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Web3 Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose Delara. This podcast was designed to give you the confidence, knowledge, and clarity needed to succeed and lead in Web3. I teach proven strategies and tactics you can apply immediately to become confident and successful working in Web3. So take 20, plug in, and learn how to really thrive in Web3. And if you like what you hear, leave me five stars and subscribe on Spotify or follow on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also sign up to my newsletter to get exclusive content, tips, and strategies to help you thrive at work without the burnout and FOMO, direct to your inbox each week. Plus, you'll get full access to exclusive leadership and coaching Q&As, free workshops, and all the Web3 and Thrive podcast episodes in one place. So just head over to learn.web3andthrive.com forward slash newsletter. Let's get into today's show. Hi everyone, how are we doing today? I am having a very relaxed day. It is May the 1st and in France this means something about being on holiday from work. A bit like in the UK, it's like a bank holiday. Not quite sure what it means. Tried to ask Antoine, he doesn't know either. I just know that they give each other flowers um, and that means good luck. Kind of like in the Buddhist cultures where they give offerings to their family members and stuff on special holidays. I'm guessing it's kind of similar. But everybody who's French and who listens to this, because I see you, I see you in my statistics, <laughs> correct me, please, because I have no bloody clue. And yeah, and so also today has been fabulous. I On Mondays, it's always when I record my podcast episodes, I always record two at a time. So we're always running a month ahead. And my editor, Alex, is very happy about this. And I've been able to have a coaching session with my coach because every coach needs a coach. I don't know how I would survive without coaches. And um, I am also cooking lots of good food today um, and cooked lots of good food yesterday. I'm currently in this period where um, I'm trying to heal. If you're familiar with functional medicine, a lot of you probably will be if you're listening to this podcast. Functional medicine is the idea of treating the body holistically. And so I work with a an amazing woman called Isla um, over in America, if you are interested. She is the best functional practitioner I ever met. Um, she helps me be myself. She helps me um, understand what foods to eat, understand what's going on with my body. Um, we do lots of different treatments. So I'm currently on a 45-day treatment plan to tackle something and that means eating lots of food I can't usually eat. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm allowed to eat bread, sugar, soy, all that kind of stuff. Still not allowed that, that fun stuff. But eating things that I wouldn't usually eat that caused me problems and now I'm able to. So it's been very nice to be able to eat all this fun stuff whilst I'm on the treatment so I can continue to eat it afterwards. So I'll be a very happy Emily. Although the biggest problem is I can't drink coffee again. Everybody who's on my LinkedIn will know that coffee is uh, my love and joy. I um, could drink coffee all day. I could talk about coffee all day. Um, I've got my favorite coffee house in Vietnam that I am manifesting. I'm going to build this somewhere in the world one day myself and it's going to be for dogs. It's going to be the best specialty coffee you ever had in your life and it's also going to be gluten-free vegan brunch bar so <laughs> just watch this space it's coming one day probably in the countryside in France somewhere so that's what I've been doing today I hope you've all been having a lovely start to the week if it's not a holiday for you I hope you've had a productive morning uh, doing what you enjoy doing what you love to do now last week I put together 
a roundtable of 21, I'm going to say, influential leaders in Web3. Um, and this ranges from one of our guests, Chrissy Hill. Uh, also another one of our guests, Bridget Greenwood, Regan also, uh, Emil. Um, you, these are all past guests if you want to go back through the, the archives. We brought together a lot of, um, a real balanced mix of people. So it wasn't just women, it wasn't just men, wasn't just one kind of leader. Um, there were lawyers, there were um, community founders, there were marketers, there were recruiters, there were, who else did we have in the call? Entrepreneurs, business owners, CEOs. Um, so we had a real mix of leaders from the space. And some of them, well, actually all of them had Web2 leadership experience as well. Now, the goal of this was to make sure that we raised awareness and started a discussion around leadership in Web3. Where are we going wrong? What can we learn? What have we already done well? And if you listen to this and you work in Web3, you'll understand that leadership has got a problem in this space. Um, the leaders are not fully supported. The businesses are not set up to facilitate or nurture leaders. The industry is built from money that isn't necessarily, uh, where can I put it? It's displaced. It's going in the wrong direction. Uh, we don't have enough people building with integrity. And it could be attributing to the crazy market waves that we see, the crashes, um, the collapsing of huge institutions, huge exchanges. It can be contributing to a lot, of, a lot of things, which is why I'm so passionate about supporting leaders. But I can't do it alone, which is why we started this roundtable. And we just published this roundtable on YouTube. So if you head over to my YouTube, um, I also put it on uh, LinkedIn and I'm going to put it into the newsletter. If you subscribe to my newsletter, I'll drop all these links below, by the way, you'll get it as well. Um, and so there's a lot of amazing outcomes from this roundtable and it's all leading to Web3 Leadership Day, which is on June the 1st, but I'll talk about that a bit later. Shall we get to the actual topic of the episode today, guys? So I want to talk about leadership and how are we dealing with being a strong leader in difficult times. Now, in our industry, we have a lot of difficult times. Uh, we have market crashes. We have obliterations of entire exchanges, people's finances. People have put money, all of their savings into investments that are completely evaporated overnight. Now, could we prevent this if those younger founders, and we've talked about this before, the younger founders who get given a lot of money don't necessarily have integrity at the top of their mind? Could we help them to be better leaders? Yeah, I think we could, right? So this is something that we need to tackle. We have self-destructive industry. We have fearful leaders, leaders who don't necessarily understand how to manage change. They don't know how to prioritize. They don't know how to manage emotions or regulate their own emotions. They are not sure how to lead in this weird industry, right? All of these things are contributing to the problem of leadership in Web3. We even have Web2 leaders coming into the space who are amazing leaders outside of the space and they just get hit with a lorry, the lorry being Web3. They get hit by disorganized teams, pivoting, managing these pivots, understanding the intentions of people in this space and they leave. <laughs> they get scared. They don't want to be in the space anymore and they leave. So we have multiple problems that come up. What if we all took a step back and thought about what does it take to be a good leader. Now, some people might say they need to know how to manage finances, they need to know how to build teams, they need to know how to hire, they need to know how to put together a business plan, they need to know how to pivot and manage change. 
all of these things, right? What else do they need to do? They need to inspire people. They need to review people. They need to understand skill sets. But what we seem to miss a lot of the time is a good leader needs to be compassionate first. And, you know, I've talked about compassion a lot. Compassion is being able to get on the same level as someone and fully understand. It's similar to empathy. Having empathy for someone, being on the same level, understanding what they're going through and imagining how they must be feeling. Giving them love, even when they don't feel that they deserve love, or even if you don't fully agree with what they're doing, you're able to understand what's going on. And to give you an idea of this, I had a client and uh, she was really struggling with her boss. Her boss was a micromanager, um, stressy, always changing his mind on calls, demanding new things, never giving the team leeway. And it was really stressing her out. She was really struggling with this person. And um, she just thought it was her. Maybe she wasn't good enough. Maybe she wasn't doing her job properly. And so I said to her, imagine what this guy's going through. Okay. He's a big company. He's got big investors. He's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. I'm not invalidating the experience, but let's think about what he's going through his head. What is his motivation? And we thought about it for a while and her answer was, he's motivated by fear right now. He's fearful that if he manages in any other way, because this is the way that he knows, it's all going to collapse around him. He's not going to be able to give the the investors what they need. He's not going to be able to pay the employees. He's not going to be able to feed his family, right? So it's coming from fear. And if we take that time to understand what's going wrong in a situation, what are the people in front of us dealing with, then we're onto something. And this is a practice that I use daily. And I'm actually going to record um, my compassion practice in a session, in a podcast session um, in a few weeks time. And I'll release that for you guys. But in the meantime, take a minute, think about a situation that you've had at work. Maybe it's this week, maybe it's this month, maybe it's this year. And you were really upset or you were really angered or triggered by something that somebody said at work. Maybe it's your boss, maybe it's a peer. Can you take a moment to think about where is that coming from? Can you think about, is this actually more than about me? Is this even anything to do with me, right? That's step one to being a compassionate leader. The second step to being a good leader in this space, and from what I've seen and what I try to practice, is collaboration. Helping the rest of your team understand that without each other, you are not going to achieve as much. You could run alone, you could run in silos, but it's going to slow you down eventually. A compassionate leader is fully aware that collaboration is number one. Compassionate leader is also someone who listens actively. And I've spoken about passive and active listening before. Active listening is when you are not thinking about what you're going to say next. You're not thinking about what the person's hair looks like or the person behind her is doing or him. You are thinking about nothing. You are absolutely absorbing what they're saying. You're mirroring even their body language. You are taking everything that they're saying and then you are repeating it back. That is active listening. And a lot of the time I see passive listening. People in meetings are sat there waiting to say what they want to say next. They're not actively having a discussion. Okay. A compassionate leader is also inspirational. They are people who you would love to aspire to learn from. You would love to grow into a leader like them. They are someone who you want to follow, you want to work with, you want to help. They are people who make a difference. They put their first foot forward. 
they're able to bring a thought together in this collaboration, listen actively to what you want, inspire each other and understand what you're going through too. Okay, so I would say this is a great big recipe for compassionate leadership. And so we could call it good leadership, but I would say bring it in as compassionate leadership. Empathy, someone who fosters collaboration, someone who listens actively, someone who inspires people, makes a difference and puts their first step forward. And also I would say it's someone who protects the team. And what I mean by that is, and I used to do this myself, actually, I imagine you've got an imaginary umbrella above your head and over the team's head. Um, imagine it like an image. And I've seen a diagram like this before about a good manager. And you are the person who protects them from the shit that goes down in Web3. You are the one who protects them from the pivots, the crazy highs and lows, the micromanaging founders, the investors. You're the one who helps them stay focused, moving forward, feeling supported. You're the one who deals with the pivots, the change, the bullshit in the industry because you have developed the skills to regulate your emotions, to regulate your mindset, to understand what's going on with the founders so it doesn't impact you on a personal level, which then rolls into your team and enables you to lead. That is a compassionate leader. So how many of you listening today feel like you have those skills, feel that you're able to manage and look after really, you're looking after this team who you have given a commitment to and said you would lead and you are there to keep them moving forward and motivated and inspired. How many of you here feel like that's you? Now, how many of you here also feel like that you're not getting that right now? Okay. In most cases, we're not getting that right now, especially in Web3. And that's something that we've noticed. This is something that we've all experienced, in fact, as leaders. I'm, I would say, as Chrissy Hill tells me, I'm a first generation leader in the space. I've experienced this. She's experienced it. And she is a compassionate leader. She works to improve and utilize the traits of a compassionate leader. And now we're trying to pass that on to you guys. We're trying to help you to understand what it takes to lead in this crazy space because it's so different to Web2. Um, we'd like to think it isn't, but it is. It's bonkers. And so that is what I would call a compassionate leader. Now, you're probably saying, Emily, nice one, great. How do I even start to be a compassionate leader? Because I'm running in fear. I never feel good enough. I'm worried my boss is going to fire me tomorrow, right? Well, there's a few things you can do. The first thing you need to do is add compassion practice to your meditations. Now, if you're not already meditating, use this as your first step to meditation. And what I want you to do, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to record like a full session on this, but here's a quick one. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to take a couple of deep breaths. Settle yourself in. Feel the cushion, the seat, the floor underneath you. Keep breathing. And now I want you to imagine that there is somebody that you truly love in front of you. That could be a pet, that could be a person, that could be even something that you love. It could be a place, right? Imagine that place in your heart, right in the center of your chest. Keep imagining it. I always imagine Nikon, my poodle, if that helps. So imagine this beautiful thing that you love so much and it brings you joy and feel the joy in your heart. And you will, I promise. Keep focusing on it. And then I want you to feel that joy as a color. My color is always pink, but whatever color comes up to you. And that's circling in your chest, in your heart center, until there's so much that it moves all the way through your body. And so all of your body 
is that colour. And all of your body feels that joy. And keep imagining that beautiful being, that beautiful place. And then when your body's full, the pink or whatever colour light is released through your heart into the room that you're in. And it covers the entire room. And then take another deep breath and it'll cover the rest of the building that you're in. Take another deep breath and let it cover the whole neighbourhood. Imagine, and this is what I like to do, I like to imagine my neighbours coming outside and they're getting wrapped in this lovely, loving light and it helps them have a better day. Gives them a hug. I like to see the homeless guy down the street that I always go and have a chat with. I like to see that wrapping around him, helping him have a better day. And then take another deep breath and let that light carry across all of the city into all the houses, all the homes, the schools, the hospitals, sending love into the city. And then I want you to take another deep breath and I want you to see it cover your entire country. You can see it like as if it's on a map or you can see it as if you're like looking at it from a satellite. I want you to see it cover the entire city. Think of it weaving through the farms, through the industrial areas, through all the places that think you think needs a bit of love. And then I want you to take another deep breath. I want you to push that light and cover the entire globe. And I want you to give the intention something like, Maybe happy, maybe at peace, maybe free of harm, whatever intention that may be. And I want you to take another deep breath and I want you to count down from five, four, three, two, one, and open your eyes. How do you feel? So if you went through that with me just now, amazing. You'll probably be feeling lighter. This is a practice that I use every day, every single day, every morning. This is what I do. And it helps me to approach situations differently. It helps me understand who I'm in front of. Every call I have, I remember that they're a human and that they need compassion too. And it's also a great practice to use when you're feeling a bit anxious or stressed or lonely. Um, I just sit for a few minutes. Like Actually, this morning, I sat for a few minutes and did this for a bit longer than usual because I felt a bit off. And it just helped me fill with joy. So that's one practice you can do. The second one is also amazing and that is serve others first. So before thinking about your own needs, before thinking about what you need to do to get up in the workplace, what you need to do to succeed at work, think about what you can do to help others succeed first because you are able to impact your own results, if you want to put it that way, your own success by helping others first. What can you do today to help someone else before you help yourself? And I also want you to get on the level of others. Imagine their thoughts, imagine their feelings, imagine what they've been through. Now, remember the story from my client at the start of this episode. You've probably been in a similar situation. I know I've been in a similar situation multiple times when I was a a CMO in this space. And have a think about what are they really going through? Are they really pissed off at me or are they going through something else? doesn't have to be a huge thing that they're going through, you know. Maybe they've just had a shit fucking day and they are tired of everything and they just want people to do the work, right? Maybe that's what they might be thinking. But this really helps you get out of the victim mode and into the how can I help mode, okay? Which leads me on to another point, actually, that I'm just going to throw in there. Instead of telling people what to do, instead of advising without uh, like unsolicited advice. Ask someone how you can help them. That's it. Ask them how you can help them. You've given the offer. They're able to take it. Okay. A lot of the time it's as simple as that. Now, 
I think we've covered a lot there. As usual, it's an amalgamation of everything that comes out of my head and that's how it works. Um, I used to have a structure in the episodes, but you know, I threw it out the window. I like to have a discussion. Um, I like to be able to tell you my thoughts as they're coming out there. And I hope that was valuable for you today. Now, I would like you to take this through the week. I would like you to get back to me. Tell me how you found the compassion practice. This isn't my compassion practice, by the way. I didn't come up with this. This actually comes from Bhagavata Vita, which is the Hindu spiritual book. And it's also um, used within the six phase meditation that I do too. So it's, it's a mashup of everything. I kind of make things my own. So try it. Let me know how you get on. And um, don't forget, June the 1st, Web3 Leadership Day. So if you're listening to this afterwards, it's going to be the next year as well. (laughs) So we're going to do this every year. And it's a social campaign to make sure that we are supporting the leaders in this space. We're supporting the teams. We're supporting the founders. And you can get more information at web3andthrive.com forward slash Web3 Leadership Day. So yeah, thank you so much for being here. And I will see you next time. So that's all I've got for you today. As always, thank you for listening. Don't forget to drop me a review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and head on over to Instagram and TikTok at Emily and Web3 for daily content to help you thrive in Web3. Also, feel free to drop me a DM, a message or a question. I am here to serve you. See you next time.